Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list, so give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. All you have to do is open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, so you just need to open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BUFFALO. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BUFFALO. Don't forget, that's code BUFFALO for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Biscali. With me, as always, my co-host, Matthew Fairburn. And we are now a week and a half through Bill's training camp padded practices, where we've actually been able to see what's going on. Uh, Matt and I have been able to attend six practices. I think four of them have been fully padded, maybe five. I I can't seem to remember. But we've had enough of a... uh, uh, maybe six. I think that that rings a bell more than anything. But we've had a a full on ability to kind of see what the Bills are all about this year. And uh, oddly enough, this will be basically all that the Bills themselves get to see. I mean, they have the benefit of knowing the exact play calls, the exact responsibilities, everything along those lines. But the technique, the performance, that all stands and holds true. And Brandon Bean and his staff have to make decisions on the 53-man roster on what to do without the presence of any preseason games. And I'm sure that probably frustrates him with, along with other GMs out there. But they have to make the decision in a weird year regardless. But it also gave us a chance to see Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and how they're kind of working together. And I wanted to give it some time with Allen just to see exactly how he would settle in everything along those lines because it's such a critical year and you don't want to you don't want to jump to any conclusions from a practice or two but I'm curious Matt what have you seen from Josh so far and we'll we'll jump off there and what what have you liked what haven't you liked and uh and and what is going to be a, a pretty big year for the guy yeah, I don't think it's been a drastic um change one way or the other from what we saw last year I think it's still steady improvement the arrow is pointing in the right direction but you know still some some stuff you'd like to see cleaned up uh, and it really is difficult to see you know what he is in this setting because you know you see some improvement on you know different aspects of his game whether it's mechanics or you know accuracy uh, to the deeper part of the field but you don't get the same feel as you do during a game, frankly. And I think especially with everything going on this offseason and, and all of the, the limits to training camp in the preseason, like you mentioned, I hesitate to you know, kind of jump to a conclusion one way or another on him because I think you know, there's, there's some rust that naturally you have to shake off when you haven't been on the field. And as long as these guys, uh, hadn't before training camp and, uh, you know, that's on both sides of the ball. So I think I would say that it's a positive sign that the arrow appears to be pointing up at the moment. And it seems like he's gotten mostly better as the practices have gone on. Of course, anytime during training camp, you're going to have good days and bad days. It's not always going to be an uphill climb, but I think he's, he was better yesterday than he was the first day of, of practice. And I think that's a positive sign, but there's still, uh, you know, a lot of questions to be answered in terms of what it will look like on the field, because 
Usually we at least get a little bit of a hint in preseason games, and even then those can be a bit of a facade. But still a nice, uh, you know, I think positive sign that that he's heading in the right direction. We've seen other quarterbacks go the other way uh, mm-hmm. and look, um, you know, really bad uh, in training camp, and and this isn't that. So I think all in all, heading in the right direction, not ready to declare him an MVP candidate uh, and not ready to declare – him, you know, heading heading the other way either, but uh, I think I think on the whole it's been a pretty positive week and a half for him. Yeah, there have been some decisions that I haven't liked with him during the actual training camp practices, and he knows he can get away with them in training camp, and it's almost I I I think the Bills would kind of hate for it to be this way, but you don't they probably don't want to see him have a reversal of decision-making from the way that he was from week four through the end of the season last year, where he was making better decisions, maybe not taking as many chances as you would like him to, but um, it, because in training camp practices, there are no consequences. And so he is willing, if he's about to get hit with a sack to kind of throw it up in the air. And there's, there's been a few times in training camp where he has almost been picked off because of it, because he just, tries to force the play and um, that's the thing that they have to be careful with in the training camp setting without preseason games to kind of reel him back in but in terms of his accuracy I think it's been steadily improving as camp has gone along which is natural I mean like you pointed out the rust factor is real I mean even Brandon Bean said it in basically every single year he's been a part of the the NFL the defense is always ahead of the offense and that's just natural because you need so many more things to click for an offense as opposed to a defense. And one tiny mistake from an offense means a defensive win. So his accuracy has been getting better. I do like that he has been trying to throw the ball with anticipation a bit more. It's not nearly where it should be. And that's always been a thing with Josh Allen. That's not news. That's not being extremely critical. That was an issue of his through the first two of his seasons. But you can tell he's trying. And that part is good. I mean, some some quarterbacks just have that naturally. They have that confidence. Um, but I think the one thing that has held Allen back in that respect has just been his natural ability with his arm because he's been able to just fit throws into a window even after the point in which he should normally throw the ball for his entire life. And that's tough to rid yourself of that mentality without a ton of repetition. But he's been trying. And that's been one of the biggest things about him, one of the biggest good things about him since he's come around to Buffalo, that he is not hell-bent on being stubborn about what he does. Like He is actively trying to improve in the ways that they want him to improve. And the throwing with anticipation needs to come along this season. That's, That's one of the biggest things. And you can also tell that that's what Stefan Diggs wants him to do as well, because you can you can see it. Those two guys just have constant conversations with one another during practices. And and I would wager quite a bit that it's about throwing with anticipation because it would be able for them to uh, to take advantage of a window and allow for more yards after the catch. Because the more time Diggs has to chop up his separation and to be able to get up the field, the more people he's going to be able to miss. It's just very natural in that way. So uh, some good, some bad from Allen, but I think um, the slightly encouraging, as you put, put it, arrow up for him as he's gone along here. Here's my problem with trying to evaluate Josh Allen in this setting. You talked about the decision-making and the, you know, this idea that when he's pressured and and sometimes he's making poor decisions, the thing with Josh Allen that we've seen over the last two years is that, you know, he makes something out of nothing a lot of the time. And he also sometimes makes those situations worse. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, those are the big swing plays that tend to determine not just, how he played and and how the team does, but a lot of the narrative surrounding him as a quarterback. 
And in training camp, you just don't really see that. You see the pressure and then you think, you know, it was the same thing with Tyrod Taylor to a certain extent, uh, not, you know, the decision making uh, element because he was, you know, as good at protecting the football as anyone. But you saw the same thing where you said, well, that was a pressure, but would that guy have actually sacked Tyrod Taylor in a game uh, if he had to actually get two hands on him and bring him down? And, right. and Josh Allen has the same, you know, that that same element to his game in a different way than than Tyrod Taylor. They escape in different ways, but they're, uh, you know, similar in that way. In, in practice, you just don't see it. And, you know, he could have a completion that would have been a sack. He and, and he knows he can't be sacked. You can't you can simulate pressure with, you know, different things uh, and different looks during practice. But it's not the same knowing you won't be hit. And it's not to say Allen's afraid of getting hit. He obviously is not uh, seems to enjoy it to a borderline alarming uh, uh, extent. But he's not faced with the idea of, of taking a sack in the same way he is, you know, right. during, during a regular game. So it's the same, you know, struggle, uh, occasionally, you know, I had with Tyrod Taylor in training camp. I will say the offense hasn't, you know, moved the ball against the defense in the, you know, closest thing to live setting that, that we've seen. Um, you know, the, the defense has their number, pretty much the entire time the defensive line has overwhelmed the offensive line at times which is probably a decent sign considering there's a lot of new pieces on that defensive line you'd like uh, to see those guys you know coming together and putting pressure on the quarterback that's an area that the bills struggled with a bit last year um but yeah the de- the defense is a step ahead for sure which should be expected because a they're better and b they've you know, been together for a long time now, most of those guys, especially on the back end. So, uh, you know, they're, they're still, you know, figuring some things out on offense. The question isn't really, will the offense pass the defense? I don't think that will happen, uh, at least not this year, but you know, how much closer can they get? And it looks like, you know, Micah Hyde said this week that it's been as competitive between the offense and defense in training camp as it has been since he got here, which should be the hope, right? I mean, if it were, you know, 2017, uh, they had, you know, Tyrod Taylor, Nathan Peterman, uh, and not a whole lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball surrounding those guys. And then, you know, 2018, Josh Allen was a rookie. You wouldn't expect that to be um, a super competitive training camp for a defense that likes to, uh, consider itself elite. And then last year, Josh Allen going into year two, some new pieces all coming together at once. So this should be the most competitive. And the fact that it is, uh, is a positive sign. Uh, the fact that, again, they're heading in the right direction. You're not looking at Allen and thinking, man, what happened to him uh, over, the, over the summer? What happened to him while, while he was away? Uh, I, you know, I, I just hesitate to get too caught up in the, you know, we hear a lot about the mechanical improvements mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, mechanics and decision making are two things that you can work on a lot away from game action. And, you know, sometimes the live action just makes you revert back to who you are. And so, you know, how much has he moved that baseline with the mechanics? How much has he moved the baseline with the decision making? And to your point, you know, is he being a little bit more reckless with the ball during camp? A little bit, but you know, he also does have to find that middle ground. Yep. He has 100%. to. He has to. You know, last year, great. He didn't have you know any. You know, he limited the interceptions uh, during the second half of the season, but you know, there weren't a lot of big plays uh, with his arm either. So you know, finding that middle ground of knowing when to take chances, being able to hit. Uh, the longer passes down the field, all, you know, something that he has to work with and he has to do the same running the ball uh, as well. So I think, you know, there's so much about Josh Allen that is, that is different and difficult to evaluate in, you know, your typical training camp setting because of some of the playmaking elements that he has. And because of, uh, you know, the way that he plays the position, it's just a little bit different, but uh, I, I think it's been it's 
been pretty good so far. And I think the big question, you know, will be exactly how much he's able to take advantage of Stefan Diggs, because that's the big variable that could, you know, make the difference for this offense. It's the one thing on this offense, uh, you know, not the only thing, but the, the biggest thing that will be different this year uh, in terms of what he has, um, you know, access to, uh, you know, throwing the football. So if he can, you know, find a way to, you know, get up to speed with Diggs, get on the same page there and, and take advantage of having an elite receiver, which he hasn't really had uh, in his time in the NFL, that might, you know, help help him, you know, make a, a bump in terms of production in the passing game. Two things there. For starters, you mean to tell me Zay Jones, Robert Foster, and Kelvin Benjamin didn't do it for you? Not <laughs> particularly. But, you know, he did have John Brown last year, a number one-ish uh, type of receiver. He has not had, he has not had a, a Stefan Diggs. And that's, you know, Stefan Diggs is as talented a receiver as we've seen on the football field for the Bills since Sammy Watkins left. And I think it, this is again, kind of tricky in this off season and this, this training camp. I think Sammy Watkins was more physically dominant at times uh, during training camp than we've seen Stefan Diggs be. That's just my personal opinion. But you can tell some of the things that Diggs does, you know, will... You can see why he's had a more successful and productive career than Sammy Watkins. Uh, injuries don't help Sammy, but also just the finer points of playing receiver. Uh, Stefan Diggs has a lot of those uh, qualities in terms of route running, um, you know, awareness on the football field, uh, contested catches, all that stuff, physical talent and physical, like wow factor on the field and, and training camp. Mm -hmm. Sammy Watkins is still the best I, I've seen, you know, from the bills, but, but Diggs is uh, a much more complete receiver and probably the type of receiver that, that will be, uh, you know, valuable for Josh Allen to have entering year three. Yeah, I think, um, and I want to get to the the digs discussion in a in a big way um, coming up here, but but just one more thing about Josh before we we head in that direction. I think coming from the last practice that we saw, which was on Tuesday, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. Uh, he had his best day of camp so far from an accuracy perspective. He went 15 of 19, which is 78.9 percent. Uh, completion percentage and one of those uh, one of those attempts was a throwaway because the play wasn't there so if you do the the old adjusted completion percentage that's 83 percent um, that's that was by far his his best accurate day on uh, on Tuesday so the arrow is in fact pointing up but now he just needs to learn to I guess, trust his targets a bit more, that they're going to be where that they need to be. And I know I brought it up before, but the anticipatory throws is is the absolute for sure thing that will get him to this next level as a passer. Maybe they don't need him to get to the highest level as a passer because when you combine his, his rushing ability and let's say a slightly above average passing ability, you have pretty good quarterback in the NFL um, I think where they need him to improve is from that slightly below average to average passing level which he's at right now and then combine that with his really good rushing ability despite him taking the amount of hits that he does I just I don't I don't think that that running game of his is going to go away anytime soon they see it as a weapon for their offense uh, and they did all last season. I think that should continue along with him because he he is fairly fleet of foot and he has a good understanding of when to take advantage of a defense. But it, it it's it it all has to do with just improving that baseline of consistency with passing just a little bit. And one of the easiest ways to do it, well, not easy, but one of the quickest ways to do it is to throw the ball with more anticipation. And that's why we're seeing. Uh, him try it as much as we have 
I mean, it sounds like it's a very rudimentary thing for quarterbacks, right? But um, but for for some guys, you just have to learn how to do it. And uh, like I said before, to his credit, he he is he is actively trying. Yeah, he is. And look, he I think the and and he's talked about this. You know, the idea that when you have as much talent around you as Josh Allen has, you know, getting the ball to those players is the more efficient way to produce points as an offense. Uh, you know, I think the running is a great bonus and it's a, a nice tool to have and a nice thing to, you know, to be able to use at, you know, in the right spots. But in order to get to, you know, a, a top end level as an offense or to at least be in the top half of the league in offense, you need to be able to more consistently move the ball through the air. And it's not necessarily 300 yards a game or a certain number of yards, but uh, it, it's just the most efficient way to, to win football games. Uh, you look around the league and, you know, the, the best passing teams uh, are usually uh, competing and not in, not the best passing teams in terms of counting stats, but in terms of efficiency stats. And uh, I, I think that's where, you know, certainly the, the, the conversation around Josh Allen becomes a, a tricky one is where, where is it good enough um, along, you know, when you combine it with his rushing uh, to where he's at an acceptable level, right? Where you say, yeah, this is a guy that you can win with. And uh, he wasn't there last year. Um, you know, in terms of where he was as a passer, I think the team got by on the strength of its defense in a lot of games and got by on, uh, you know, playing a weak schedule in a lot of ways. Uh, but he was good enough as a runner to be just shy, I would say, of being, um, you know, that middle of the road quarterback. Uh, he was probably below average by league standards uh, when you take into account the whole package. So if he moves up, you know, like you said, not doesn't have to be a lot as a mm -hmm. passer. If he, if he improves, uh, you know, I, you know, the bar isn't extremely high for him to get to being an average quarterback. He's pretty close to being there. Uh, you know, if he's average or above average and the defense stays where it is running game gets a little bit better, you know, this is a team that will compete again, but you know, I think if you're considering this team to have a shot at, you know, 13 and three and contending for the Super Bowl, you're counting on a big improvement from Josh Allen as a passer. Uh, and that could happen uh, with, you know, improvement from, you know, the weapons around him and, and, and improvement for him. Uh, but it's going to be a tougher schedule. It's going to be, you know, a, a weird season in terms of the abbreviated camp and, um, you know, no preseason. So there's a lot of, you know, variables at, at play here, but um, you know, that's really the, 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 the one for this team, the, the one variable that will determine, you know, where they are at the end of the year, I think uh, in terms of whether they can win playoff games and, and take that next step is just how much does he improve? Uh, you know, he's heading in the right direction but you'd like to see that big step um, because then you're talking about entering a completely different tier of not just quarterbacks and offenses, but as a team, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're a team that can contend with Baltimore and Kansas city in the AFC, if you have the offense to keep up, but um, you know, Bill's defense is good, but you're probably not counting on shutting out Patrick Mahomes. You need to score some points and keep up with him to an extent. So uh, as the 49ers saw last year. So, you know, that's the conversation the Bills want to be in. They want to be talking about how they match up with the Chiefs and the Ravens. That's the bar they want, and and their quarterback is the one who can get them there. Let's get into the Stefan Diggs discussion because we've, we've uh, had some time to see him. But before we do, first a message from our sponsors at Fubo TV. The NFL season is quite literally right around the corner. It starts in about two weeks maybe two weeks and a day from the day that we're recording today and for those of you that have decided to cut the cord on cable or are leaning that way fubo tv is a fantastic option for you especially if you're worried about missing out on live sports now with fubo tv you get tons of stuff you get your local broadcast you get a standard base plan 
of two screens at once. You can get a family plan where three people can watch at once. And NBC Sports is included on a national feed, so you don't miss out on Sunday Night Football and all of that good stuff. Um, And if you act now, you can get 15% off your first month. And even though it's a tough time for a lot of people, you, you can still save money on a potential, as opposed to a cable bill, where $50 for a month is more affordable than your other cable provider. So with the that NFL season right around the corner, Fubo TV, Fubo.TV will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as the local broadcast news. Go to FuboTV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's FuboTV.com slash athletic. Start your first month today. All right, let's get into Stefan Diggs because he has really been everything that the Bills could have wanted him to be at this point. I think the the one thing besides the very evident on-field ability, and I know you touched on it before with the, with the comparison, whether he or Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins was an extremely physical receiver and very impressive in that way. Stefan Diggs as a route runner is just a cut above a lot of different receivers that I've seen come through Buffalo in my time on the beat. And when you combine that with his speed out of his cuts, I mean, Stevie Johnson was a really good route runner back in the day, but he didn't have the type of speed out of his cuts that Stefan Diggs does. And that's what separates Diggs from, uh, from being just a, a good receiver to a borderline elite one. And that natural talent should carry through into this Bills offense. But besides the natural talent perspective, Stefan Diggs in this offense is that dude. I mean, you see him just bring, and I know you've noted it in the observations as well. You just see him bring this natural intensity to the offense and it it kind of it almost feels like at least from where we're standing that it raises the level of competition you always see him communicating with Josh Allen because he just wants the most out of every single rep on the Tuesday practice we saw Diggs basically take over team drills where he caught 9 of the 15 completed passes that Josh Allen had that day i mean and and if you look at it from a from a target share perspective Allen targeted him 47% of the time, which is unheard of when you think of um, in fantasy football metrics, 25% of the time is is great in fantasy football. And that's not to say it's going to happen in the actual games, but you can tell there is an obvious push for Josh Allen to target Stefan Diggs. Granted, John Brown was not practicing yesterday, but still, you, you get my point. Diggs just seems to bring a different dimension to this offense that we didn't see last year like like last year it was a lot of hey we're improving all of that sort of thing and and they're all kind of coming together it was all very new this year it's not new anymore they know that they need to get over the hump score more points be more consistent as a passing offense and adding a guy with that sort of intensity and mentality that's going to go a long way or at least it should and if it doesn't then I mean, there, it really limits the excuses for the people making the play calls, throwing the ball, all of those sort of things, because they are adding an A1 talent in Stefan Diggs to this offense, and that has been very apparent uh, through a week and a half. Yeah, after they traded for Stefan Diggs, uh, I spoke with Daryl Hazel, the wide receiver coach. Stefan Diggs is wide receiver coach in Minnesota. He's not there anymore. And... He said that that would be the case in practice. You know, the quote was, when he steps across the line, he's a different cat. He's a different guy. He's a guy that you know you're going to get his best, and that's all you can ask of the guy. He's going to give you his very best on the football field, and he's going to bring that out of other guys. He's not afraid in a good way to push a guy or push his teammates if they're not working hard. He's going to bring that energy of, this is an organization that's going to get better because we're going to work at it. And... Basically, from the moment we were allowed to watch practice, I think you could see that. And, Mm -hmm. 
you know, him and, and Tredavious White is kind of the same way. To see him go up against an elite secondary day in and day out, uh, you you see it come out even more. And Josh Allen is competitive. Uh, you know, that's pretty well documented. So that's a, a pretty good match, I, I think. But you just see a different level of urgency in practice than you saw the last two years, the last three years. Um, and I think that happens when you have top end talent that isn't afraid to, you know, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs is not afraid to assert himself. He's not afraid to step in and, um, you know, you can call it leadership, whatever you want, you know, whatever word you want to use, but he's not afraid to speak up. He's not afraid to, um, you know, he's not trying to be polite out there. He's trying to win every rep. And, uh, you know, I think that's a pretty big, you know, difference from what we've seen um, in recent years. And uh, he's not being, you know, obviously there's some things that come along with that, right? He's gotten himself into, uh, you know, a little bit of trouble uh, in Minnesota, you know, in terms of some people would say the the passion is confused, you know, is confused for other things or, or the competitiveness is confused for, you know, being a diva and this and that. We're not going to know you know, exactly how this is all going to work out, um, you know, for a while, but the competitiveness and the passion are real. This is not a situation where this guy is a dog and then has a problem with guys on the sideline or, you know, has the occasional, uh, time where his emotions spill over. The guy is, is bringing an intensity that sometimes doesn't throttle down, which is, I think something they welcome, you know, that this is, a franchise that under Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean has looked for, you know, high character players, but has repeatedly mentioned they don't necessarily want all choir boys. And Stefan Diggs is, you know, fits into that. If they're going to make an exception for a personality type, it's going to be a guy that's really competitive and that that has occasionally caused him issues. This isn't a guy that gets in trouble off the field or anything like that. It's a guy that occasionally, you know, lets his emotions get the better of him. And, you know, they they like those types of passionate players and think now, especially with their locker room, they can control that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, I think Stefan Diggs has been really good. I, I don't think that should be breaking news to anybody. And I think the fact that he got nine catches in practice yesterday, had a bunch um on Sunday when Matt Barkley had to take over for Josh Allen. I think you ought to be feeding this guy the football uh, because he can make plays after the catch. He can get open really quickly, uh, which helps you out in the short area of the field, helps you get extra yards. He should be the the focal point. And that was the positive development on Tuesday was that Josh Allen started to treat him that way, which he didn't always do early in camp you know, still getting used to him and, and getting on the same page. But now he's, he's you know, feeling a little bit more comfortable and uh, kind of force-feeding him the ball, which, you know, it's not really force-feeding, I guess, when the guy is open more often than everybody else. Yes, he's open a lot. I mean, he has, he has just he, – he has easily been one of the most impressive players at – training camp and it's not just because he's new obviously your eye kind of goes to the newer players because you haven't seen them before but it's not that it's there this this guy is different than what we've seen at receiver um for a while now and he's if, like the opposite of kelvin benjamin <laughs> he's the the quintessential opposite of uh of Kelvin Benjamin that is a great way to put it I mean he is quick uh quick out of his cuts his breakdowns are so uh incredibly uh what's what's deceptive to the defensive backs um the way he uses his feet just make just make your jaw drop because you don't really see that that type of nuance to players with that sort of natural ability as him and natural speed as him uh his ball skills are fantastic uh and and the fact that he's getting open almost every single play he's reading the defense well and finding the soft spots I mean all of these things just make you believe that this guy should be a major contributor this year but 
it all depends on 17 and it all depends on Brian Dable as well, because uh, there's going to be a lot of times where, or there, there should be times this year where Allen or Dable might have a, a play going a, a different way, or maybe a defense pays a little bit more attention to, to digs, which they should. And then, uh, then it's on John Brown, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, all of these different guys, even Tyler Croft to a lesser degree, um, to step up and take some pressure off of Diggs to where he can start getting those one-on-one matchups like like um, they want him to, so where he can take advantage. But all signs are positive about Diggs and his ability. It's it's on Josh Allen and it's on Brian Dable to take advantage at this point. I mean, we we've talked a lot about the importance this year of of Josh Allen and needing to come to a decision with his fifth-year option and everything along those lines. But it's equally as important a season for Brian Dable because this is his now, now his third year. I mean, they made progress last year now when they started to give him talent. Now, just the same with Allen. No more excuses for Dable. They, he has everything that basically he's asked for. Running backs with differing skill sets, check and check. And with the between the tackles guy having the receiving ability. Three bona fide re- starting receivers on your roster, including a slot guy that uh, takes you back to his days in New England. Check, check, check. A tight end that has athletic ability that can get down the field and make and make plays with yards after the catch like Dawson Knox. Not quite the same guy as Rob Gronkowski by any means, but still check to a certain degree. An offensive line that's physical, that can pull, that can move, that can get out in front of people. That's there as well. And now it's on him to develop Josh Allen enough to get to a point where this is an offense on the up. That There's no more, okay, some weeks they're there, some weeks they're not. It has to be there. They have to score more points. They have to take pressure off the defense. Getting you know, making the defense hold an opposing team to under 20 points every single week just isn't going to cut it anymore. And this is coming from someone that has really liked the the philosophical side of of Dable, how he approaches games, how he game plans, um, the how he spots weaknesses in his opponents. That's all there. But in in your third year, all those excuses, all of the the theory, all of the philosophy, it flies out the window if the results don't come. And so this this is a huge season for Dable to take advantage of all of these different weapons at his disposal. Not to mention, he's now got a fourth wide receiver in Gabriel Davis who looks like he could definitely contribute this year. And if anything should happen to one of the top three guys, he's going to slot right in there. And, you know, they might miss some because he's just a rookie, but still looks like he's, he's a bit of a gamer. So uh, the excuses are gone for Dable. It's 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 now put up or shut up time for, for him in the offense. Brian Dable is entering his seventh season as an NFL offensive coordinator. Uh, and in those seasons, his offenses have finished in yards, 32nd, 29th, 22nd, 24th, 30th, and 24th. And in points, 29th, 31st, 20th, 32nd, 30th, and 23rd. So yes, it is time to produce an offense that ranks in the top 20 of the league in one of those categories. It's time to produce an offense that, you know, ends up in the top half of the league. And how about both of those categories? I mean, and you can look at his previous stops and point to the talent and this and that, which is fine. But let's face it, um, when you've had a sample size as large as Dayball has at this point, you know, you've got to kind of, you know, at some point make it happen. Right. I I think, I mean, you know, he was in Cleveland for two years, 2009 and 2010, uh, not a great bunch there. Um, but you know, Miami in 2011, Kansas city in 2012, there was some talent on those offenses. Now he's produced some pretty good rushing offenses. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like there is, um, you know, something that that's got to give at, at some point, and I, I think he's got to get, you know, to the point where, you know, this is an offense that that can threaten to score, you know, points in bunches uh, in at, at times, and 
it starts starts with the passing game, but he's also got a lot of weapons in the running game. He's got an offensive line coming back, uh, mostly intact, potentially improved, um, yeah. you know, by some of the new pieces. Um, and, you know, a, a backfield that is much better. Devin Singletary in year two and Zach Moss is an upgrade over Frank Gore, uh, frankly. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's you not too many offensive coordinators get three seasons with the same team when the results have been what they've been. So it's definitely as big a year for Brian Dable, maybe even a bigger year for Brian Dable than it is for Josh Allen. I mean, we've, we've talked about quite a bit how Josh Allen is probably safe this year. Um, Not no matter what happens, but you know, he might have to compete for his job uh, entering next year. But I think that fifth-year option is a pretty safe bet, uh, you know. And you know, I, I would certainly—I um, don't think that's going out on too much of a limb. But what is the thing we see teams do all the time if they're looking to prolong the decision on their quarterback, or make an excuse for their quarterback, or you know, try to change things up to justify the quarterback? Usually, the offensive coordinator gets some of that blame. So, yeah, I think without the results, you just have to look at it uh, in terms of how NFL teams operate. Sean McDermott's not going anywhere. Uh, he just got a contract extension. If things you know don't go well for the offense, things aren't going to go that well for the team. Uh, you're not going to win a Super Bowl without an offense that ranks in the top half of the league. Uh, unless some, some weird stuff happens, that's not usually the formula for winning a Super Bowl. Uh, not these days anyways. And so, you know, at that point, you look for, uh, you know, guys to blame and you look for things to change. Uh, their th- expectations for this team are pretty high. Uh, I think, you know, fans are expecting a really good team, as they should be. Uh, it's a talented roster with a quarterback entering year three, an offensive coordinator entering year three, a coach entering year four, a, a defense that's been playing together at a high level for multiple years. So when expectations are up there, uh, you have to to meet or exceed them. Uh, you know, it's a different different standard. The the excuses aren't there, and I think you know Brian Dable is a guy that that certainly needs to to produce results. Um, you know, that haven't been there the last two years, uh, and certainly they improved. You know, from thirtieth in the league in yards and points in twenty eighteen to twenty third in points and or twenty fourth in yards and twenty third in points. So, you know, they made a step forward. Another similar step forward would probably be enough, but it'd be borderline. Like, this needs to be a, a step forward from the offense. And mm-hmm. it doesn't all have to come from Allen, but, uh, yeah, they need to they need to produce more points. That's be- That was a message from everyone in the organization, top down, uh, during the offseason. And I'd say Brandon Bean held up his end of the bargain here with adding some some pieces to the mix. And now it's uh, on the coordinator to to make it all work. He got rid of a beloved first round pick for to add the biggest piece of their offense. So so yeah, I think I think I think uh, Bean has held up his end of the bargain. So now it's on Dable. The only thing I'll I'll slightly disagree with is I don't know that it's necessarily a slam dunk that that uh, that Josh is going to get that fifth year option. I think this year has we're going to learn a lot about him and especially with this pandemic and the uncertainty with future salary caps, everything along those lines. And when it is, we're ever going to see fans in the, in the stands again at a, in a grand scale. Um, I, I wouldn't, I'm not necessarily thinking that it's, definitely going to happen right now with Josh. Uh, I I think I think he needs to prove to them that he still has areas that he will improve this season and if he does then then it should should be fine for him. But if he goes backwards at all or if uh, maybe even if if he stays at the same level they'll, they'll give him the fifth year option, but if he goes backwards at all and regresses then then uh, I, I'm I'm not necessarily going to say it it's gonna happen I, it it probably will i'm probably like leaning that way maybe 55 percent that way but 
I still think there's there's stuff he has to prove to them. Yeah, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think it's when you look at how this team has been built and the way that you know they've sort of made decisions, it feels like they're going to look for a reason to pick that up. Yeah, and that's probably right. I, you know, that's more my thought. Would I, standing here today, say, you know, without any, you know, hint of hesitation that he would, he'll deserve that at the end of the year? No. Um, but I think in terms of, I think they're planning for it. You know what I mean? I think they're, I think they're not setting the bar so high. Like you said, if he stays the same, I envision them picking that up. Frankly, I think, you know, they don't want to start over at that spot. Now, it's again, it goes back to the Dable conversation in a way. If that's what holds this team back, then, you know, Sean McDermott will will adjust, I think. I think mm-hmm. he will he's now getting to the point where it seems like he understands, especially after he signed his contract extension and, you know, mentioned the the expectations that come along with it, the responsibility that comes along with it. You know, I, I think the Vikings example is a pretty good one. You know, a, a team that took a few different swings at quarterbacks and, and didn't necessarily get it right and then went the veteran route. But those guys stayed employed and they did so because, you know, they built the rest of the roster really well. I think the Bills are, are kind of there right now. They're at that that fork in the road where you try to figure out, you know, did we hit with this quarterback or did we miss? And mm-hmm. it might not, the problem is it might not be obvious. It, if it's obvious, um, to your point, they would probably balk at that fifth year option because if it's a Trubisky situation, I don't think you can pick it up. I think, you know, especially with the, the financial situation surrounding the league, but we've seen too, too many of these where you're like, well, he didn't, he didn't take that. He wasn't an MVP candidate. He didn't take that step into being the no brainer, but he didn't pull a Trubisky either. Eh, what do you do? Well, you know, I think based on the way they've talked about him, based on the way they've, you know, kind of, you know, built him up and surrounded him with, you know, talent, I think they would continue to, you know, give him a chance. And that could be a, a misread. And there, like you said, there's a lot, there's a lot that still has to happen here. There, you know, this is a huge season. This is the season where we should learn a lot about this quarterback, this offense, this team. So yeah, um, slam dunk, it is not, but uh, it seems to be trending that way. And you wonder, we talked about this before, but if everything surrounding this season would, would be sort of a built-in excuse for Josh. They, of course, say publicly, no, our expectations are sky high. You never, We don't lower our expectations for anybody, but it would be pretty easy to do it publicly, right? Like, oh, it was the COVID season, and, you know, Josh took a little bit of a step back, but, you know, it was a tough offseason, et cetera, et cetera. So very interesting decision that will mm-hmm. teach us a lot about, you know, certainly this season will teach us a lot about all those things we've mentioned. And then the decision and how they go about it and the next step they take, you know, will, will teach us a lot about the guys in charge. Also very interesting that Fairburn hit us with a little Yoda talk there. Slam dunk, it is not, Fairburn <laughs> says. Syntax. <laughs> Mixing up the syntax. Keeping people on their toes. <laughs> well, if you guys have uh, have missed anything from training camp so far, Uh, Matthew Fairburn and I have been going quite in depth on all of the padded practices that we've seen. There are six in total. We've got a rising and falling article, uh, right now. Um, I've got a 53 man projection coming out today should be coming out within the hour of us recording here. Uh, and, and that's a good look at maybe what the bills are looking at here. And, and for those listeners out there who have yet to subscribe to the athletic, you need to jump in right now because there's a, a better deal with for our listeners than there is for the rest of the people that just click on the articles themselves. If you go to theathletic.com slash the Buffalo Beat, you'll see a uh, an offer for 40% off a yearly subscription. 
Normally, um, if normally it's five dollars a month. Right now, it's three dollars per month, which is thirty-six dollars for the year. That's a that's a great great offer. So, uh, and, and especially with the regular season coming around, it's now is the best possible time to do so to to get you in and. If it hits you with the year yearly subscription, so it covers you for next year's training camp too. So, I mean, I, I think if if you haven't yet, now would be a great time. Um, so, with that, Matthew Fairburn, anything, any fond words of farewell before we go listen to Jordan Poyer talk a little bit on Zoom? I would also add to what you just mentioned and say that we welcomed Robert Mays to the team today, which is pretty big neat. time. Uh, he is, uh, he's pretty awesome dude. Really good, uh, podcaster, really good writer. And if you've been listening to us and, and thought, uh, you know, thanks for the coupon code guys, but it's, I'm not gonna, it's not worth it. Well, maybe Robert Mays will tilt the scales a little bit more, um, Mm -hmm. add, add a little bit more sizzle. Uh, a little bit more bang for the buck. Uh, very happy to have Robert on the team and uh, just wanted to, to welcome him here. For sure. Robert, a huge addition to the athletic NFL staff. All right, Matthew Fairburn. Uh, the next uh, thing we have will be a scrimmage for the Bills on Thursday, which would be which should be quite eventful. Uh, I would assume they're going to go live. I have wondered if they'll go in full jerseys. I wouldn't be surprised if 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 Sean McDermott uh, and his attention to detail would do so, but uh, we'll we'll get a little bit of that, and then of course uh, it'll that'll be one of the final padded practices we can see up until things start to get a little bit more real, and it leads you up to cutdown day on September fifth at four p.m. So for Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Biscalia. Thank you for listening to us here on this episode of the Buffalo Beat. And we will talk to you next week after we have completed our training camp uh, padded practice viewing. See you then.